Hello and welcome to the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where you get to hear the pastors and other guests at times. Uh, we are we have a special guest today we'll introduce in a moment. Uh, we're true. here to talk about upcoming texts uh, and life of Easter Lutheran Church. It's a joy to be with you all again today. I'm Pastor Eric, and today I am here with... Hans Vigasa. And Santa Kevin. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry it's Christmas. Christmas Eve. It's coming up. Almost, yeah. We finally get to talk about Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's 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 kind of it's one of those things where, you know, it, I don't know when you put your tree up, but we put ours up <clears throat> very early this mm-hmm. year. But the whole thing was is that it, the season always seems to go so fast that you don't really get a chance to, to sit around and enjoy it. I don't know. Like, yeah kids juggling yeah. we got things yeah. to do you don't actually get to sit and enjoy it and then it's like tell time to take down yeah. the tree and i'm like no not ready for not that. this year well no. the, the world tells us it's christmas about october 30th that's when i think lights yeah. start happening so this is a two-month process to yeah. get to this date so yeah. it's nice finally it's and at the church we always try to hold off yeah. we always try to let's not skip advent and you know we got to wait but it's time. And then it comes and goes. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. We missed my favorite song. We forgot. <laughs> right. All I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We didn't sing that one. I used to get grumpy. We could sing it now. You know, early setups of Christmas stuff. But I don't anymore because now it's just like it just adds to the whole yes. vibe. Let's just, let's just do it. I'm in it. Like mm-hmm. I'm in it for all of it. In it to win it. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. <laughs> well, thanks for, for being with us, Hans. My pleasure. Thanks Great for the invite. here. And, uh, yeah, so we, we're we uh, turning toward Christmas, so we just want to take a moment to remind everyone about some of the schedule coming up uh, because we'd love to see you in worship and so you can invite family, friends, and neighbors to join you. Um, this year, Christmas Eve happens on a Sunday, so we have decided to um, not meet for our regular Sunday morning worship times, but we'll begin worshiping at 2 o'clock on Christmas Eve. So we will have worship services at both sanctuaries at the same uh, times for the first three times. That is 2 o'clock, 3.30, and 5 o'clock at both locations with candlelight parts of the service. And then at 9 p.m., we will have a candlelight service with Holy Communion at the hill, and that will be only at the hill site. So the other times, you can come to any site. You can come to multiple sites. You can come at 2 and stay through the 5 o'clock service. Um, But (laughs) 9 o'clock is just at the hill. But we will have communion. So that's a good thing. That's yeah. a that's a good schedule. And and I wonder how it's gonna happen at the Vegasa home because this is the first Christmas that there's a pastor Amy in the house. Yes. Right? So like how are you gonna divide and conquer? Welcome right? to the club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not well. How are we gonna divide and conquer? Poorly. Poorly. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll be here at two. She's got a service at four thirty and ten. So at some point we also want to fit Christmas in as yeah. a family. Right. Because we're going to leave the next day uh, to be with my family, who is going to be with my sister in Springfield, Illinois. So I, I don't know how it's going to work. We may be eating nuggets that night for <laughs> a, a, a Christmas supper, chicken nuggets with some barbecue sauce or yeah. sweet and sour sauce. I, I don't know. I did see something recently, uh, like Pastor's family talking about uh, – Christmas Eve um, uh, p- delivery pizza delivery for uh, yes, dinners yeah, yes. and and I thought hey that's actually what we did growing up we always had Pizza Hut 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was in Aberdeen, yeah. where this is also the city that Pastor Eric grew up in, I learned the tradition from the local newspaper, the Aberdeen American News, that on election night, it was pizza night because they had to be in the office the <laughs> yeah. whole time to call the election. So one year I actually sent pizza to <laughs> the newsroom yeah. for them, which won me some favor, and I'm grateful for that. Nice. But it's just kind of those things. Like maybe we should have like – we appreciate Thai food. Maybe that right, should right. show up. Maybe. <laughs> are you placing your order right now? <laughs> Listen, audience, if you are around and want to celebrate your pastors. <laughs> but I think it goes to the point is that as we get into Luke chapter 2 here, we have to realize that we have a nostalgic picture of yeah. Christmas Amen. oftentimes. Yep. But the biblical story itself is way more complicated yep and at some level we have to give ourselves be very generous with ourselves too about what we think or imagine the perfect christmas should be right because not only does there a political reality that's going on and yes there's a political reality that we're living in but there was lots of going on with um mary and joseph's families and probably their expectation of what was going to happen And then even after the story, because we're reading Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, right after chapter after verse 20, you'll pick up the story some more, there's a whole bunch more scenes that Luke chooses to include mm-hmm. that just accentuates the point is that there is no career in Ives, there's no Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. kind of Christmas scene here. And to give yourself some grace to deal with that as well. Mm-hmm. That's a great point because when we hear this, um, I want to encourage you not to tune out because you're so familiar with these verses because everyone who hears this you're you're going to have a certain level of familiarity with what you're about to hear uh, but try to just stay tuned in and listen and try to imagine it in not just the nostalgic you know way but in um, a real world way because that's actually luke's intention in writing this gospel is he's trying to set the story of jesus in the world as it was happening so are we ready to hear it Let's go. Do it. Let's go. So this is Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And it's interesting, it opens right away with the political reality. It doesn't start talking about Jesus specifically. It talks about everything that was going on around him. So it starts with, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born in in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. 
When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, uh, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, be God. to God. So let me, let me ask you guys a question, if I can just jump in. Thank you. Because we be spent a lot of time in the intro, so we only probably have five more minutes left of time. <laughs> but Not true. Uh, what I what I want to know, what I'd love to hear from you is all all y'all been pastors, preaching pastors for a very long time, and this is the no no I'm not saying you're, I'm saying you're seasoned, um, and this is the verse for Christmas Eve. Always, there are no other verses that people hey let's try doing one from Matthew. How about John? John's got nothing. Uh, Mark's got nothing. So. And and so you always are preaching this verse or these verses. And the other thing is, you know that in the congregation that day or that night, half the that congregation are people that you either have not seen or have not seen in a very long time. You've got your priesters, right? Your Christmas and Easter folk. So what do you do to keep this not only like sharing the good news of the greatest story ever told, but making it interesting for those, like you said, Eric, who have heard this mm. 70 80 90 different times right what do you what do you do who wants to go yeah. first you get I, was, to go. I was hoping you would go <laughs> um, uh, i love i just love christmas eve and i love preaching this text um it's so it, to me it's just it's so comforting and it, and even though i said you know try not to let the nostalgia overwhelm you but hear what's happening um, I think it's both. So it's comforting to come and hear a story you know very well. Uh, maybe you have memories of hearing that with you know family members or at home churches that you feel nostalgia toward. But mm-hmm. um, so I let that be. That's a good thing. But then also I just love the proclamation of good news in in this particular passage. And it I think there's a simplicity that. Um, is just worth pointing to and lifting up um, each year. So in particular, as uh, Kevin, Pastor Kevin was reading, the part where they say, to you is born mm-hmm. this day. And so I'll emphasize to you, to everyone who, who can hear my voice, this is the message for you today. Mm-hmm. To you is born. Um, this is your Savior. Um, and... It's uh, just the praise of the angels, glory to God in the highest, and peace among people on earth. That's that's the good news. So I just try to kind of also keep it simple, and mm-hmm. just the fact that it says to you, mm-hmm. and it's like this is God's Christmas present to you mm-hmm. today. So that aspect of keeping it personal, but also relational. Yeah, and yeah. letting the they're letting that emotional part of it play too. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mm-hmm. mean, let's. It's a beautiful. I can remember a lot of times I also will say, okay, everyone, you've done all this work, all weeks of preparation and baking and putting up lights and you're, you know, trying to get people from the airport and where's everyone going to sleep? And, you know, it's like all this, all this um, busyness mm-hmm. around 
the celebration that you can lose the celebration and forget. Mm-hmm. And then when you come to church on Christmas Eve, I, I often have said, stop. Yeah. Now, yeah. this is what it's all been about. Right. And we're here now, and now it's time to hear the good news. Right. That's what this whole thing's about, the birth of your Savior. Right. It's done. funny. It's funny you said, Eric, because this whole passage reflects all of that of what you just said. There is a busyness of traveling from Nazareth to, yeah. to Bethlehem. Beautiful. There's a busyness of these angels coming to the shepherds. Right. Mm-hmm. There's this busyness as a newborn mom and dad. Like, yeah. who are all these strangers? Yeah. And why am I here? Yeah. And then one of the very last words that we hear in this passage is Mary taking yeah. all that in, mm-hmm. pausing, reflecting, and just dwelling in that for yeah. a while when she could have easily lost her mind and she chooses to say what does this mean for me and what do you what are you wanting for me to do god and where are you in this moment so yeah we that's all awesome. live that but man that's that's lived in this story if you just take a step back and say there's a lot of stuff going on here mm-hmm. there really and, is and what is this newborn mom i mean mary's maybe 16 right 15 maybe yeah. mm-hmm. what is she doing with that mm-hmm. i'm just going to dwell in it I'm going to let it come to yeah. me. It, that's fascinating. So, yeah. yeah. All right, Kevin, we're not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> yeah, this has been a great podcast. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're out of time. Merry, Merry Christmas. Time. Okay. You know, I, just to follow up, and I appreciated what Eric said about comfort, too, because that, that's not my first word that I jump to, but I appreciate it because somebody else has to see that and say that to me because that's I think that's part of the good news, too, is that mm-hmm. somebody says something to you that you wouldn't see it yourself. That's why you need somebody else to point it outside of her, mm-hmm. point it out to you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of our Lutheran tradition too, is that there's a word coming from outside of ourselves that we need to hear. That's the word of, I forgive you, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the word about Jesus, because it's like, I wouldn't let myself off the hook. And I don't know about the whole comfort thing. Like, you know, it's like, that's just not where I go, it, just the way that I'm wired. And so that is a good word for me too, to mm-hmm. think, hey, like, it's okay. <laughs> and I think, Hans, to get to your your point is that one of the things that strikes me is that every year the gospel sounds different to me. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a big thing too, right? right? Is that we hear that, right. not only because of what's going on in our world in the larger kind of context, but two is that I'm a different person mm-hmm. than I was last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that God speaks to us at different seasons. Like I was just, I was struck, you know, I was, I was ordained when I was 27 and that was before I was married and before I had kids. Mm-hmm. So now to hear the story of Mary and Joseph not having a place to figure out where they're going to have a baby yeah. after having all three of our daughters in the same hospital room <laughs> in the same mm-hmm. building, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, that's like unimaginable to mm-hmm. me. And the pressure that that would put on you, but hearing it, it just sounds different to me now. And I kind of, you know, I I just appreciate that. So I really think that there is something about when you hear these familiar stories is asking God a very simple prayer. God, speak to me. And what is it that you want me to hear Mm -hmm. out of the text this time? Mm -hmm. Because when the spirit can can get a hold of a story, it will speak to you. There's been times, Hans, when you've preached here at Easter, right? And I appreciate every time Hans Mm -hmm. gets up there because when you you get up there and you speak – and and it's like you hear the story, you hear the scripture, and then I hear you say something, or I hear Pastor Eric or Pastor Megan. I'm like, oh, that's what that text means. Yeah. Or you know, I've had the experience too, where someone else is reading the text I'm about to preach on, and they read it, and the Spirit just kind of prompts you, and you're like, 
oh, that's what that means. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. preparing, yep. but that's yep. how the Lord Shoot, kinda, now what I'm going to talk about. I miss her. Yeah. doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, so I really think there is something about kind of paying attention to that. Yeah. But one of the things that really strikes me about this text is always about what the angels are proclaiming. Yeah. Right? What they're kind of shouting out from the rooftops. Um, and the part that, I think is so important right now in the world we live in is that the, the, that this good news is for everybody. There's no um, circle of knowledge that you mm-hmm. have to have, um, but it really is good news for the entire world. And that's really what the angels are kind of saying. It's like, it's not just for you shepherds, it's for something so much bigger than us. Mm-hmm. And that to me is just a powerful reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good news of great joy. Yeah. Like they're making it so clear. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, that. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of things around this, a lot of theology, a lot that, you know, you can try to struggle to comprehend, but they're making it so clear here. Good news of great joy to you, mm-hmm. for all the people. Yeah. To you is born in the city of David, a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Hans, is there something that kind of stands out to you? I mean, yeah. at some level, you, you're you're teaching this too. Right. And the thing that strikes me too is that whenever we, you know, Hans, you get to work with our student ministry. But right. the, for me, like, whenever I look at the students, you're teaching three generations in the room at the same time. Right. You're teaching the kid, you're teaching their parents, and you're also teaching who's coming after them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, is there something that kind of stands out to you in this story? Uh, yeah, so much. And, and again, just kind of hearing you um, read it again, Pastor Kevin, like, I mean, this I hadn't thought about this until now, but it's so interesting when the shepherds decide, hey, let's go to Bethlehem, and it says, and see this thing. Yeah. Like, they don't say baby. They don't say infant. They don't say child. <laughs> they don't say Jesus. I mean, they wouldn't have known the name, right? But they say, let's see this thing. Right. Like, like yeah. Maybe that's, like, it was so... Unex- and I don't know the Greek word, but it's so unexplainable and so yeah, uh, exactly. beyond understanding. Like, yeah. the only thing I can name it is thing. So that... Yeah. What that, just uh, happened? That, yeah. <laughs> that just struck me right now. Yeah. I, uh, That's awesome. So the other piece, too, though, that I that I really like um, is that, and we were talking about this beforehand in rehearsal, um, is this that the angels come to the shepherds. And in some of my readings... Um, it, it talks about it like the shepherds had the lowliest, filthiest job there was. Yep. And they were not looked upon right. uh, well by even fellow Jews. Like mm-hmm. they were untru- they're unclean, they're yeah. untrustworthy, um, they were scoundrels. Like it talks about um, this one, one guy I like to read, he talks about how um, if there is a trial or if there's a court case or shepherds were not allowed to be witnesses. Think about that. Not allowed to be witnesses because they're unreliable. Um, and part of that reputation comes from they would go out with sheep and just graze wherever grass was. So they often rarely stayed in their own land. They would go visit their neighbor's land who also had sheep, also had goats, also had you know cattle. And they'd kind of just steal the good stuff and then come back. And so they're untrustworthy. But the first people that God invites into this yeah. amazing thing. Breaks the news too. <laughs> is shepherds. Yeah. And, and what does that mean for us? Like. God is willing to trust them, not only to see the good news firsthand, but then equip them to say, now go tell 
go tell it on the mountain go tell people about what just has happened um I, that uh, reading that again uh for the first time is kind of like that just struck me as mm-hmm. i hadn't mm-hmm. really thought about that yeah um about who god is inviting into into sharing into sharing the good news it's not the equipped it's not the ones you'd think of it was the ones that were despised the mm-hmm. ones that are the ones who were not trustworthy enough to be witnesses mm-hmm. and now god is inviting them to be witnesses to the greatest event ever and spread the good news yeah. that just that just struck me as really interesting so you know hans maybe that's a perfect word place for us to land with this today is because i can't think of lots of people who feel personally confident about sharing the hope that they have found in jesus christ even mm-hmm. if they have some sort of compelling mm-hmm. story and you think about the students that you work with or those who are listening to the podcast right now is that your confidence about sharing the gospel is not what God is looking right. for. <laughs> right. And that's maybe what the shepherds are showing right. up to show. Well, and an ancillary thought to that too is, so when they were going to take the census, Joseph is going home, right? Um, I've read as well that he's going home where he should have had family, but none of the family invited him. It doesn't say that in the text, mm-hmm. but I think if you just start extrapolating a little bit, he should have stayed with family. That was the norm. That was tradition. But none of his family let him and his new wife, his pregnant wife, mm-hmm. to be with them. Mm-hmm. And so they don't join them in the celebration of new life, right? But the shepherds do. Mm-hmm. The shepherds come in and say, this can't go on unspoken. We've got to share this. Yeah. So I find that really interesting as well, that, that Joseph's own family, mm-hmm. again, I'm kind of just using, like it doesn't say that in the Bible, but sure. I think that's tradition. I think that's true. They're unwilling to be with Mary and Joseph, but these scoundrels will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's all over that story. And mm-hmm. baby, a baby in, a, in an animal manger and everything. Yeah. Yep. But um, beautiful. Yeah. I think <laughs> Kevin said it, said it best when he said that. Maybe that's where we should land today. Uh, we just wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Look forward to seeing you at worship um, on Sunday, 2, 3.35 or 9.00. Merry Christmas, and uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everyone. May the road rise on.